You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 69th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast. Today, I'll be discussing how leaders can shock their potential with Michael Sherlock, a woman I met by being on her podcast show in January. Don't be fooled by the name, hair color, or crazy shoes. Michael Sherlock is serious about business. She creates positive, productive, and profitable workplaces by helping individuals and businesses unlock their ultimate potential. Before launching her global training company, Shock Your Potential, Michael was vice president of U.S. sales for two multinational medical device companies, responsible for net revenue exceeding 75 million and as many as 500 employees at a time. If you liked today's episode, be sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at the Relationship Center on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you so much, Michael, for agreeing to this interview, even after our scheduling snafu yesterday. That was so (laughs) kind of you. I'm really glad that you're with us. Oh, I am so glad as well. And I'm happy to be here. And I put on lipstick two days in a row. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And you look fabulous in it. Thank you. Those of you who are listening to the podcast version, you cannot see Michael's hair or her crazy shoes, but she has purple hair for those of you who can't see it. And it's gorgeous. And those of you who know me know purple is my color. So I'm quite (laughs) envious of her hair. So Michael, help my audience understand what it means to shock your potential. You know, I love talking about this all the time because every time I do, it reminds me of the passion behind what I do. And, you know, we all have potential. We all talk about reaching your potential or exceeding your potential or going after your potential. But when it comes down to it, even though we all know we have it, we don't always activate it. And sometimes that's because we might be afraid, you know, sometimes it's fear of success, fear of failure, or maybe just not, you know, saying, I know I have potential, but, and whatever comes after that, but is that part of each and every one of us that kind of holds you back, you know, a little bit of the feet in the mud kind of situation. And so I always say that shocking your potential is giving you that bolt of energy, that little burst, that little push, that little shove that gets you moving. I equate it to, I remember when I was a little kid and I was visiting somebody's farm and they had, um, you know, this kind of chicken wire around this one part of the the farm and it was, had a very light electrical current. So I could touch it as a kid and it didn't hurt me. It wasn't going to stop my heart or anything, but it was just that little buzz. And that buzz, you know, makes you pull your finger back and it doesn't hurt you, but it makes you much more aware. And then your choices after that are made much more deliberately. Do I walk around the fence? Do I go through the gate? Do I touch it again? If I want to get on the other side, do I crawl over it and take the chance of having pain? You make many more deliberate choices when you've had something that's shocked you. And so whenever I'm speaking or training, my goal is to get somebody sitting in that audience or you know, sitting on the other side of that screen or sitting right in front of me to say, Okay, I realize I've been sitting here not moving and this is what it is. Whether it's about, you know, being a better leader or a better salesperson or promoting your business to a, a higher level or maybe even moving your career. That if I can give you that little shock that reminds you, you do know you have value. Now, go out and do something. Take that step today because I gave you the burst of energy. Now it's your job to do something with it. <laughs> 
Awesome. So you're shocking people all over the world and hoping to energize them to get them to reach for something more. Yeah. Something that they know they want. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, we, you know, we're disappointed when we don't go after things for our full potential. And then that really holds us back too, because uh, I didn't do it yesterday. So, well, maybe I'll wait one more day because, oh, then I didn't do it three days. Well, I didn't do it for the past year. And we can get ourselves stuck, even if it's on just one little element of what we need to do to really not only reach our potential, but feel great on the journey to our potential. And that's where I want to help people realize is those small steps from that jolt give you more confidence. They become the next jolt for the next step forward. Awesome. I really like that. So how do you help people shock their leadership potential? When it comes down to leadership, you said it in my bio, I've led teams, very small teams, and I've led really large teams that are spread out all across the U.S., And the element of being a leader to me requires a couple of things. It requires that you are incredibly capable of being self-reflective. You have to constantly ask yourself, am I doing the right thing at this moment? Did I do the right thing yesterday? Am I planning the right thing for tomorrow? And not to second guess yourself in terms of beat yourself up, but to really reflect and say, I'm going to give myself an evaluation at every step of the way. And if I'm doing that, then my level of awareness will drive my next actions and it will drive the actions after that. Because the more we are able to look back and let's say back in a situation go, you know what, when I look back on that now, I didn't handle that the right way. I got angry in that situation. I got frustrated. I didn't teach the person what they needed. I just expected them to be able to do that and deliver. When we get in those scenarios, we can either beat ourselves up, which many people do, or we can say, you know what? I'm going to fix that next time, or even better, I'm going to go fix that now and go back and say, Kim, I just like to reflect, you know, we had a meeting last week and I was really frustrated with you. And I'm sorry about that because what I realize now is I didn't give you clear enough direction. So how could you have possibly met my expectations? Now, what I'd like to know now is, are you willing to sit down with me and let's regroup on this and replan and give you a new strategy moving forward so we can start moving forward together? And in many cases, if I'm saying, that to you, you probably spent the last week wondering why Michael's been so terrible to me. Why is she so unhappy with me? Am I going to get fired? And in that moment, you not only get to see, okay, maybe it's not as bad as it was, but wow, I had a leader who actually came back and said, I'm sorry, I didn't handle that well. What does that tell me about this person? What does that tell me on how I can show my true authentic self in the workplace and be a better leader myself and for others? Shocking your potential means holding the mirror up to yourself all the time. And sometimes we're not going to like what we see and that's okay. As long as we make different choices moving forward. But if we keep looking at going, well, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It's not the greatest, but, and we keep doing the same things, then we only have ourselves to blame for lack of our own ability to excel and reach our potential. But definitely we bear the burden of holding other people back in the process. Yeah, I really like that. That self-reflection, that's something that in choice theory is a big component of our leadership. We call it self-evaluation, but it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And holding up the mirror is the perfect thought about doing that because you look in that mirror and if you really look, you'll see. But Mm -hmm. if you won't look or you look away or you look and you make excuses, it doesn't help you grow. And what you said about the leader who goes back to their person and says, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I like to help parents do that too with their children. A parent is a leader of the family. And when they can go back and say, 
hey, son or daughter, I was wrong when I yelled at you for this. I realize now the big part I had to play in that. It just really makes a difference and teaches the person, whether it's your child or your employee, something about who you are and gives them something Mm -hmm. to aspire to be. Absolutely. And it's hard. And I think that that's one reason I think that people don't do it is that it is hard. And a lot of people who know that they probably should do that, but are afraid to do it are people that really don't have a strong sense of confidence in their skills because the people that really are gaining true leadership skills that will last them a lifetime are the ones that realize that by acknowledging where you've gone wrong is not a condemnation on your future it's actually solidifying a transition into your positiveness as you go forward. And I think about, we've all seen those leaders. We've all worked for those or with those people who have no ability to reflect, yet they think they do. And they will say, well, I know, I I evaluate myself all the time and I've read this book and this book. And you're like, then why are you such a jerk? (laughs) (laughs) If you really were, you wouldn't be such a jerk. And, you know, we all know them. We want to shake those people. But really, at the end of the day, I've learned to feel more sorry for them, unless it's my job to try and train them and change where they're going to go. But I feel sorry for them because they won't evolve. And not only will that harm their career, but they're really harming the people that are near them. But not just because they're not a great leader, they're harming them because they're not proving that we can develop. They're almost continuing the myth that you have to pretend to be perfect all the time as a leader. And that's just baloney. I like to say to my people, look, you know, I make 17 mistakes before breakfast. And as long as no one dies, nothing burns down and nobody goes to jail, we're good. (laughs) And I try and make light of it that way. It's kind of my, my silly way to say it. But really, at the end of the day, we're not doing brain surgery, but we are responsible for people's careers as leaders. And we have a responsibility to show them what it means to do that right and be humble in the process. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. How have you evolved as a leader over time? I'm sure you're not the same leader you were 10, 20 years ago. So how has that happened for you? I am not. And it's actually what prompted me to write my first book, which is called Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, which is kind of a funny subtitle because people are like, oh, I'll be able to get people to do more. Well, yeah, you will because they'll want to. They'll want to do more for you because they trust you and because you've actually developed them. I have a couple quick stories. I think about my first true leadership opportunity. I'm 21 years old. I'm working in a restaurant. And most of the time I'm a uh, server, but one night the manager says our head greeter, which is like the hostess is out sick. I need you to take over the hostess desk in that role on a Friday or Saturday night meant you had five or six greeters or hostesses or hosts that were putting people in tables. It was a huge restaurant. So I said, okay. And so I, I did it and we had actually a record breaking night. Like we had the amazing, like everybody was happy. We had high ticket sales. We had low wait times. All the people in the restaurant were happy. The kitchen was happy. Bartenders were happy. And they were so thrilled that they had me come back and do that for several nights in a row. And then after a week when I'm thinking, this is great. They were paying me a little more. Everybody tipped me out. I was doing just as well as I was doing waiting tables. And the manager sat me down and he said, "Uh, yeah, you're going back to serving. And I said, really? Why? And he said, because the greeters won't work with you anymore. And I said, why? What did I do? And he said, well, apparently you don't listen to them. You just say, go here and do this. Hey, Kim, take these people to table 24. Hey, you, you know, Sally, go take them to here. And I said, but I got the job done and I was highly efficient. He's like, well, you don't have a team that follows you. 
And that was one of the first lessons for me to realize that leading wasn't just the outcome that was important, although the outcome is incredibly important, but you can't drive the team to get your outcome. You have to engage the team to get the outcome. At different points where I was leading 500 people with 32 managers reporting to me where I about lost my mind, I learned another big lesson. And that was, I can't be the one to solve all the problems. Because just because I'm a good problem solver doesn't mean I should. And not just because it's taking all my time, but because I'm not developing my people to trust their own instincts. I'm Mm. not allowing them to make their own mistakes. I'm not showing them that they don't have to come to me. But even today, you know, I manage a team of eight and they're all remote. And just literally uh, an hour ago, we had kind of this, you know, our, our monthly team meeting where I basically said, look, here we, we are at the pivotal point in the evolution of this, this company. And I need to know that you are all going to go with me because we're all operating like here and I need you way up here. I, we're, we're not operating at the highest level. And I need to know that your commitment is with me to go with my organization, you know, where we're going. And I believe you're all there. I believe you're all the people that want to do that. Um, and it was a really tough conversation, um, but we all ended up you know, laughing and, and talking about it. And I said, I'm going to push you guys harder because I know you're worth it. And I know you can, and I want you to be with me the long-term. So over the course of my leadership career, it's gone from understanding how to motivate, also how to delegate, and now how to rally. And all those in between at different times. But the more I learn myself, the more I stop and reflect even more because if I'm not stopping to recognize how I'm letting my team down. And as we went through this meeting today, I'm like, here's a perfect point. You know, Juliana, I should have been spending more time with you on your sales process. Let me help you with that. We're going to start that tomorrow. And being able to recognize when I've failed my team, as well as when they're not meeting my expectations and be able to have really honest, conscious and conscientious discussions about it without worrying about whether or not I'm going to offend them without making them fear for their jobs, but really to, to have adult working conversations that move people forward. I love how you said that. I happened to just this morning be reading a book by Donald Miller about leadership. It's actually about business, but I'm in the leadership chapter. And he said too many leaders, and this is, this was true for me. Too many leaders are trying to make their team like them instead Mm. of gaining their team's trust and respect. If you have their trust and respect, inevitably they're going to like you. But if all you're going for is I want you to like me, you don't have that trust and respect because you're not clear. You haven't set out what your expectations are. You don't have the hard conversations that you're talking about. And uh, it really is part of choice theory leadership is balancing two ends of a continuum. The boss manager over here is who you were at 21 telling all your servers Mm -hmm. what to do. And then there's the laissez-faire leader that was me who just wants everybody to get along and like them. And in the middle, you have the effective leader who knows that you need both ends. You need to focus on the processes and the outcomes, and you also need to focus on your people. And so you're saying all of those things. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. We're in a different time with COVID, right? A lot of people are working from home. And the more I hear, it's funny you use the the word shock because I think I was in a training about being a speaker and how most of us as speakers are accustomed to being in person and we're all waiting for that to come back to normal. (laughs) 
And yes, you're chuckling because the theme mm. is now we may never go back to the way it was because we've yeah. had a shocking event. This is an event that changes things. It's like 9-11 changed things. People think all oh, the airlines are all back to normal. But if you think that, try to go to the gate and wait for Aunt Sally to come in from Toledo. <laughs> it isn't going to happen, right? Nope. You can't do it. So there, there will be changes. So I'm imagining that there has to be some changes to leadership. What do you project those to be or what do you see them already being with remote work? Boy, I'll tell you, there are so many more. And I think that not just with speakers, you know, hoping the world starts turning again the way it was, but with leaders who used to lead in their office, that now we're going to see a much higher predominance of remote work. So even if a company goes back to the buildings, they're probably going to go in shifts. There'll be a combo between working remotely and working in, in-house not in every business, but in a lot of businesses and many businesses, we already know 3000 jobs just with Target alone in uh, Minneapolis are going to go remote forever. So we know that this is a part of the, the future. The challenge with this is that most leaders through this last year have just been hoping it's going to go back to normal rather than working on their skill set to lead, motivate, manage, and gather a sense of community with their team in this new virtual world. They're like, well, we have Zoom meetings, so isn't that good enough? Well, it isn't because Zoom meetings uh, create a different sense of apprehension with our teams. They create a different sense of facade. They might allow us to see each other, but we're not bonding. We're not bonding the same way. We might tease each other and laugh and have some jokes, but it's not the same as being even physically in the environment where you have a confrontation or a disagreement with a coworker. So we're not accustomed yet at all to how we operate at a high level add to that mix, how many people are going to be hired into new businesses, new companies for new jobs that are never going to meet their boss in person. They're never going to meet their coworkers in person, or if they do, it might be months down the road. There are a lot of landmines to this that we haven't taken a really strong look at. And I think that from my viewpoint, especially with having an entire team, my whole team is based in Kenya, this sense of how do you make people understand how to rely on each other as well as come to you in this environment. And it means a lot more work for the, the leader than ever before. It takes a lot more one-on-one. -on -one. It takes a lot more group and interaction time in different formats. So not just the physical Zoom, Maybe it's sometimes just having the old fashioned conference call with just the audio on so people can relax and they can not worry about whether the cat walks behind them. Those things we don't recognize yet are causing substantial stress in people that are not allowing them to perform at their highest level of potential. So I think the leaders of tomorrow that are going to be the strongest ones are the ones that are going to start studying where is this working? Where is this working well that people are working remotely? How are people interacting? How do you have team building? Can we almost lost the whole concept in the last decade of team building activities? Because it was seen as like a, that was, that's a nice to have, you know, we're no longer going to catch people in the kumbaya, you know, safety fall. Well, we kind of need some safety falls now in order to learn how to trust each other again, when we don't physically see each other and spend time together. Ultimately, it's, it's going to take a hard toll on employees, harder toll on the managers and the leaders, hardest toll on the businesses when people don't feel connected to a business anymore, 
they may only feel connected to their manager. And if they're not well connected to their manager and their coworkers, there's no sense of continuity with that business. And that's where I think we're going to see a lot more job hopping than we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, I agree. The loyalty is not to one person when you have loyalty. It's to the mission and vision of your company and the work that you, you're doing contributing to that mission and vision. And if you can't see that bigger picture because of remote learning, I think you're right. It, how easy mm-hmm. would it be just to say, I'm not coming in anymore because you're not going in anyway. I'm not yeah. signing on Monday. I got a new job. And then they're yeah. gone. Yeah. And I've, you know, I, I fact it was one of the things that I recognized with my team and before we had our team meeting today, I sent them a video message yesterday that outlines everywhere we're going. But at the last minute I said, you know, I don't know if you guys, if I've ever really told you why I started this business. And so I started my video message to them talking about why I started my business in 2016 and what I intended to do and what we've been doing and how we've evolved. I realized today when they're all on there and they were like, I had no idea the background Now I have even more sense of why you hired me to be your podcast manager, why you needed someone to be full-time for graphic design. Those elements that now I'm showing you, this is a part of the picture. And I failed at that, but it was a great eye-opening experience for me to say, okay, how do I need to pay attention to this from today on also so that I keep my team engaged at that high level and feel like they're a part of something, even if they haven't been with it since the beginning. Right. So this is a question that's totally off topic, but I'm curious, what is your connection to Kenya? Because I've been to Kenya and I've worked in Kenya. So I have my own connection there. Just curious what yours is. And I have not been yet. I was supposed to go in November Mm. and obviously that did not happen. I love this story. I had a client of mine who was based out of Singapore and they had teams in Bangkok and in Kenya and in Nepal. In working with them over the course of a couple of years, I particularly worked with their groups out of Kenya. And so when I went to Singapore and Bangkok to visit their offices in 2019, their head of their Kenya program came and flew to Singapore. And so we got to know each other. We'd been working together for several months anyway, got to be friends, you know, just had a great interaction. I knew it was an opportunity to um, have some people work on my team that I could actually afford at that stage in my business. Um, And I knew about the quality of their work. And so um, it was great. So I said to her, you know, how do I find somebody like you? And she's like, take me. And I said, I can't, I can't take you from my client. That would (laughs) be bad business. Right. (laughs) And so she said, well, I'll introduce you to a friend of mine. She's got some contacts and that friend also worked part-time for that client. And she goes, take me. And I said, I can't. (laughs) And I always like to say, just so you know, I don't work with that client anymore. And they both work for me now. Um, That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) But they, um, they helped me find my first two people. And from that, I um, found several more as I grew my business. And last summer when I was doing a podcast taping day, I had three people in one day say, how do I find somebody like your podcast manager or your marketing manager? And I said, you know, I remember saying to my husband that night, I go, there's an opportunity here. I've interviewed like a hundred people from Kenya. I'd take them all if I could. So we actually started a, a second company in the fall of 2020. It's called Kukwa Biz. And so we match talented professionals from Kenya that we've found and we've uh, interviewed and we've done background checks on and we are training and we're matching them with small businesses all over the world. Very exciting. It seems like whatever happens in your life, you manage to... <laughs> Think about how to turn it into a business opportunity, which is truly a gift. I'm impressed. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So the last question I have for you is, do you have any last words for the audience? As I take a deep breath, that's really the first start of it is take a deep breath several times a day, just to center your brain, especially when you hit that point where you're stressed or you don't know where to go, or you're, you know, you've like, I, I have so many emails in my inbox. I don't even know how to look at them anymore. And I don't know which one of them is driving me towards my potential. And multiple times a day, I just stop and I remind myself of Yoga Dog, which I have my little fun uh, figurine in my office here. And I always look at him to remind myself that sometimes you just have to stop and breathe. And those three deep breaths allow not only you know your mind to clear, but also your, your mind to start focusing again on, on what's really important. What's that next step that I just need to take right now? What's one step that I can take that will move me out of this sense of panic or this sense of immobility and instead use it to move yourself in the right direction that moves you out, gets you unstuck, gives you that shock, gives you that jolt like you're touching that fence with a little electrical current going through it. And in that time, ask yourself a little bit about kind of the idea behind shock your potential is how am I really truly standing out in my business, in my career, in my family, in my personal life for myself? And am I standing out is whatever action I was going to take next, does this allow me to stand out in the way that aligns to what I know my potential is? And if the answer is yes, then move forward. And if the answer is no, then don't do it. And if the answer is I don't know, then reflect on that a little bit more and give yourself the opportunity to just do it, just to reflect on it. I have a dry erase board on one whole wall of my office. And of course, right before this, I had to erase it all just so it didn't look so bad if we had any of the video used. But I will take my chair and I will turn it around towards it and I will just write and write all over and whatever thoughts are coming out whenever I get those stuck moments. And what comes out of that is a clear path, even if it's just one little part of the path. But it only comes when I stop, I take the break, I move myself out of that moment of stuckness and give myself the opportunity to let my brain, my heart, and my soul come together to take the next steps. So would you say from creative chaos comes clarity for you? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And if you saw what my board looked like a little bit ago, that would be <laughs> creative <laughs> <Absolutely>. chaos. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, That would be a very adept uh, response. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So I really want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being with me again. You could have said, no, I, you had your opportunity yesterday. Too bad. Uh, really happy that you didn't do that. So, no, I would not. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you'll join me next week when I'll be discussing how coaching can be an excellent tool of leadership. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.